Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hello there and welcome to today's podcast episode. I was doing some research recently that kind of inspired today's uh, podcast and uh, the research was in the context of a book that I'm writing myself, which at the moment the working title is The Inner CEO. And I came across something that uh, Dr. Bob Rutella had written and I was lucky enough to have met Bob a couple of times. Um, Bob is, is one of the most famous, I guess, sports psychologists in the world. He's worked with a lot of top golfers in particular, a lot of famous basketball players like, like LeBron James. Uh, Podrick Harrington would have been a top Irish golfer that he uh, is credited by Podrick by, for helping him break through um, to win majors. And um, anyway, one of the things I came across to do with Bob was that one of his role models was the psychologist William James, American psychologist, who is probably credited with being one of the foremost thinkers in that area over the last 100, 150 years, and I believe created the very first psychology course in the US. Now, William James had a phrase that he used to say quite a bit, which um, Barbara Teller reminded me of, and the phrase is, people tend to become what they think about themselves. People tend to become what they think about themselves. And Barbara Teller was, um, I suppose, in, in, the, in the thing I was reading that he'd written, he was kind of making the point that like, there's loads of different techniques and things like that in psychology, which have evolved over the years, all of which make a difference. He said, but the single most important thing when it comes to uh, somebody being at their very best, he said, is really how they think about themselves. And so today's episode really is about that. And what I'm going to say is that from my perspective, how you think about yourself definitely defines the quality of your life. Now, you could say that this links a little bit to the last episode I did about the mindset performance loop, and definitely um, it does. But I'd like to maybe stretch it a little bit because when you think about mindset, most people think, well, what's my mindset towards this job or this activity or even this person or even this week? But really, you can go right up to the top of the pyramid in a way and kind of say, well, what's your mindset about yourself? Because you do have one. Now, it might vary a little bit on the surface from week to week or day to day or month to month, but actually deep down, there is, um, uh, I suppose, a core concept, a self-concept, maybe you could call it a self-image. And I am thinking about another uh, psychologist in North America called Nathaniel Brandon, who said something very succinct, but quite profound, and I think as it's true, is self-concept is destiny. So how you think about yourself, what William James was talking about, is your destiny. Now, you could, I think, look at this in multiple ways as per usual. Uh, you could look at it at a very surface level. Well, I'm just going to change the way I think. It's not as simple as that. I think you almost have to be aware of, well, what are the fundamental ways that I'm looking at myself? What is my self-image? And to kind of reflect on that, to contemplate that, 
because very often it's not so much putting more in on top of yourself, whatever's there. In a way, it's almost like making space inside to to allow yourself room to see perhaps the way that you're seeing yourself or limiting yourself. I mean, I think about myself, um, you know, the journey that I've been on myself. Certainly at one point in my life, in my teens and maybe mid-20s, probably a version of my story about how I saw myself was, ah, look, Shane's a nice guy, reasonably smart, but he's mentally weak. Now, that's that's the truth. I think that's how I would have seen myself. Wouldn't have admitted that to anybody now at the time. So, but it's not how I'd see myself now. And I mean, if you see yourself as somebody who's smart and nice, but maybe mentally not that strong, I think we can all agree you're going to have problems, especially when tough times emerge. Whereas now, if I was to think of myself um, in that area, I probably would think, well, I think I'm a reasonably nice guy. I mean, I might be nice to everybody all the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I would kind of think of myself as unbreakable now. Um, and I'm sure life, well, life, please don't test me again on that. But I, I do feel from my own work and just my own understanding of human nature, the human spirit, that in general, if people are open to it, they are unbreakable. They have incredible resilience. I'm always amazed at the resilience of, of human beings. And that's how I see myself. I fundamentally believe I'm unbreakable. I don't see it almost as a belief. It's almost like a knowing. But where did these ideas come from? I think most of them, if you, if you reflect on it, they come from an experience that maybe you've had in your life or maybe a memory because experiences get converted into your memories. So if somebody says to me, which they have, well, I'm not that smart or I'm not a numbers person, what, why is that? Generally, you'll find it's because they had an experience, I'm thinking of one client in particular with but the numbers side of things who a teacher said, you're not good with numbers. And they, that went into their mind. But if you break it down, that's a memory and ultimately, a memory is just made up of thought. And if it's made up of thought, doesn't it mean that you can just challenge that? Doesn't it mean that you could question its existence? You know, I think um, it's always an interesting thing to think about values. Values is something that's gained a lot of traction over the last decade or so, as I'm recording this. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was hosting my annual retreat for leaders. Um, it's a funny word, retreat, because it has, in Ireland anyway, maybe religious uh, tones. <laughs> this definitely wasn't a religious type of thing. It's it's what I call the Thrive Experience. And we, we kind of go away for a few days, a few nights. We create space to uh, reflect on your journey as a leader. Um, there's a bit of work in the morning, and then we have a lot of fun and activities in the afternoon. We go out for dinner in the evening. We break bread. We have a few drinks. Um but there's a lot of learning. But one of the exercises we did this year was I was getting the attendees to think about their values. Now, what's a value? On very simple terms, it's, it's something that's uh, that's important to you. So in a way, it's almost like how you see the world, perhaps how you think about yourself, what you think is important in your life. And what was amazing to me as I went around the room during part of that exercise was the huge variety of values in the room in terms of what people valued. So for some, it would have been family. For others, it would have been uh, love. Uh, for others, it would have been wealth, that they were, that's what they valued the most. Others might be selflessness. And it's not for anybody to judge anybody else as to what your value is, whether it's important or what's the hierarchy of the values that you have, because most people would say, well, oh, no, 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 family is important. It's a key value. 
But if it doesn't show up in your behavior, that indicates that actually there's something above that. You know, for example, I've met a lot of business people who will say, oh, no, no, family's my most important value. Yes, they spend 70% of their time traveling away from their fa family to build wealth. So there's a kind of a contradiction. But the behavior in your life, in your world, will always indicate and give you a clue as to how you really see yourself and how you see life. Um, I mean, if you think average things about yourself, isn't it logical that you probably just experience an average result or life? If you see yourself as old before your time, you're probably going to become old. If you see yourself as a loner, like, you know, so how we see ourselves on the negative definitely will reflect, but also then on the positive. See yourself as somebody who can contribute, who can be exceptional in what they do, who can care, who can make an impact. I think a lot of people actually underestimate their ability. But again, going back to that memory thing, every concept really is based on some form of a memory, but that means it's malleable because it's based on thought. It's based on thought. Now, two things here. One is if it's based on thought, I suppose, therefore, it could be changed if you want. But the second thing is, even if you change it to something else, what's interesting here is that thought is limited. Um, you might still be selling yourself, yourself short. That's worth bearing in mind. And I think nothing excites me more than the possibilities of evolving every single week, every month, every year to uh, creating um, a new expanded self-concept for you that allows you to squeeze the maximum out of your life to make the biggest impact, to inspire others perhaps also, and to live a life uh, of true aliveness. I think that's that to me is, is the, the possibilities are, are amazing. So I think... For you, you know, have you ever considered what you think about yourself, how you think about yourself, and why is it the case? Well, I'm good at this and I'm bad at that. Okay. And maybe that doesn't matter, but if it does matter to you, what about challenging some of that? A couple of questions to help that, you know, would be what would be exceptional for your life over the next year or three years? Not just in terms of what you have. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of material things, but in terms of how you are, what would be exceptional? In terms of your health, your aliveness, your happiness, your outlook, can you imagine what that might look like? What would be the very best you could imagine? You get an indicator or a clue in that as to how you see yourself right now. And if, I suppose, you're not completely on board with that, maybe you could challenge it. And then another question could be, in a similar vein, but slightly different, is if you're really, really brave, what would you do that you're not? What would you do that you're not? And if, you, if you're brave enough to bring out the answer to that question and look at it, again, that's also going to test and challenge your self-concept, your self-image, how you think about yourself. Because the reality to me is that most people um, are brave if they let themselves be it. And it does require some courage and some bravery to step outside the limitations that your mind will bring in based on, I guess, how it's how you see yourself. So the idea that we have of ourselves is definitely the starting point for real change. And any time contemplating or reflecting on that, on the idea of yourself is always worthwhile. Um, but just remember, ultimately, we're still the ones making it up. And that's definitely food for thought. 
Bye-bye. Ciao.